Shall we pray? Please pray and ask the Lord to open up your heart to receive his word. That God's word will come clearly unto us. God's word will come to revive us in the name of Jesus. Shall we please pray? Oh God, we pray. Oh God, we pray. Let your word come unto us, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Kama Yemawamo Yeswe Yemawamo Mezaya Inkunim Dihin Oni Yewura Owen to me We pray that you open up our hearts. Let your word come to perform the task for which you have sent it to us this morning. In your name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 So today we are taking a break from the series you are doing. God willing, next week, Pastor will be here to continue um, in the sermon. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul is ending what he's talking about. He is talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And as he ends that section, he gives an exaltation. So the title of my message this morning is, Do the Work of God. Do the Work of God. That is what Paul is encouraging the church to do. He says, so the middle of the sentence, he says, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. So we we see that so far as Paul is concerned, he's looking at the church in Corinth. Every one of them is supposed to be what? A full-time worker 
for God. Remember, this is not a pastor's conference. This is not a conference for missionaries that Paul is speaking to. Paul is speaking to the church. At the beginning, he had to address so many issues. Division in the church, incest in the church, people taking others to court about marriages. He's just like any other church. And this same church, he looks at them and he says, listen, be a full-time worker of God. So, you want to understand what is the work of God? The work of God, I define it as any work done, done anywhere for the honor and for the sake of God. Anything you do to bring honor and glory to God is the work of God. Any need you meet for the sake of God is the work of God. So it entails preaching and teaching the gospel, applying the contents of scripture to our lives and to the lives of others, building up one another, loving your neighbors as yourselves. This the work of God. So if I have to put it in just two broad categories is you serving the church, serving in the church, and also blessing the world. As you serve in the church, as you bless your world, you are doing the work of God. And Paul says that this work of God, look at how it begins. No, the middle again. Always give yourselves fully. Give yourselves fully. I think this idea is captured in the hymn. Horatius Banner, he says that, Go labor on, spend and be spent. You are giving yourselves fully. The work of God should not be done in a grudging way. It shouldn't be done in a measured way, like in a soppy, soppy way. No. It should be pressed down, shaking together, overflowing. Give yourselves fully. And I think to give ourselves fully suggests that it's going to be tiresome. It will involve hardship and suffering. Paul says, people of God. Do the work of God. Serve the church. Bless the world. And do this not gradually. Give yourselves to it. It will definitely cost you. It is burdensome. It is tiresome. But Paul looks at the whole church and says, be fully involved. However you can serve in the church, however you can love your neighbor in the workplace, in where you live, you are doing the work of God. And Paul says, let's do it fully. But Paul, so this point one, the phrase, 
Always give yourselves fully to the work of God. Now point two. You know what Paul is motivating us to do? As you are seeking to serve in the church and bless the world with all the energy and ability that you have, there is an occupational hazard. There's a danger that Paul has to deal with. So at the beginning of our verse, this is what it says. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. What is this pointing to? The occupational hazard in doing the work of God is discouragement. As you are seeking to serve in the church, as you are seeking to bless the world with your gifts and your resources, with your time, whatever you have, one of the biggest danger we will face is this, discouragement. One of the ways we seek as a church to serve our community is the garage sales. Well, the story is told of the devil's own garage sale. So in the devil, his garage sales, he brought all his tools. He laid them down. And each had its price tag. But on the one at the far end, there was this tool, far removed, but highly prized. So somebody asked, Satan, please, why is this old tool so expensive? He says, well, you know, the devil doesn't tell the truth, but today I think that day he spoke the truth. <laughs> The first and last time in his life, he said, well, this tool is a tool that I easily can use to get into the hearts of people when I'm unable to draw near to them with other tools. And I use it very often because a lot of the time people don't know it's my tool, the tool of discouragement. Usually we, we are not aware that discouragement is from the devil. That is why it's so powerful. As you are seeking to serve, when discouragement comes in, it can weaken your resolve. I remember, I don't know if I've told this story. Years ago, I, I, was, I, I was serving in church, youth service. I was leading opening prayer. So we begin church and we, we have to pray. So young guy, I mean, I come and lead the opening, opening prayer. So, people, let's stand up. Let's pray for the service that God will bless it. Let's pray that our hearts will be open. La shalimara pako salama. Everybody pray. Let's ask the Lord for his help. Oh God, help us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we need your help. We pray for the choir. We pray for the preacher. Lord, we pray for those who are on their way in the name of Jesus. Let's even pray for the children's service. Let's pray for the adult service. Oh God, help us. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, help us. So I finish. And then the guest preacher comes. <coughs> he was from another place. He comes and then he's, he's going to preach. So, <coughs> so good morning. Um, I thank the Lord that I'm here to preach to you this day. And the youth 
of today. Sometimes you come to church, you hear them praying in tongues, they are fornicating, they are stealing, they, they are, they, you hear them, they are praying loud, but they are not even walking with the Lord. It's a problem in the church. They, they don't know the things about the church, how the church is run, how we should operate in tongues and this. And now I am sitting down. As I was sitting down, I was making a quiet resolution in my heart. Hey, if you close from church today, <laughs> if they will ever see me leading a, a, a meeting, leading anything in church, I was just quiet. I'm just waiting for closing. <laughs> but as we close, my really good friend then, Imanolabi, he came to me and he says, Amir, don't let this get to you. That was it. That was what changed the quiet resolve I was coming to in my heart. And I think for some of us, perhaps quietly you have made a resolve in your heart. Never again. I remember another incident. I was serving as an apprentice in the church and on Wednesdays, we set up for a mom's and toddler's meeting. So there's a hall. We bring all the toys and everything in. They come, they play, they listen to God's word. And when they close, um, we come back and pack away. So we're two guys. So George and I, we, we come, we pack away. And the sofa mommy, our pastor's wife, he's, so we finish. I'm standing with George and he says, oh, George, thank you very much for what you have done for us today. As it, it was an ouchy moment. When you feel that you have not been recognized for what you have done. You know, this is easy for me to become really discouraged. And also in my heart, I say, never again. And because the way, the reason it's effective is because I'm not thinking about the devil. Forget, this is not the devil. This woman, she doesn't like me. And we will see. In all this, Paul draws near and he says, listen. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. You come for cleanup. We do the cleanup and it's time for lunch. You are busy cleaning up the children's place in the corner there, the toilet there. So, people see that you are clean up. And we eat and we don't reserve some of the food for you. You come and we say, oh, but uh, you heard that we called everybody to come for, for the meal and you are still cleaning. Okay. Okay. Quietly, you make a resolve in your heart. Never again. And this is something even in the Bible. Remember Nehemiah, as we were building the wall. A wall that people can walk on. As we were building it, Tobiah came and he says, <laughs> look at what they are building. I swear, a fox 
if a fox ran on this wall, a small fox runs fast, this wall will collapse. Look at what they are doing. Immediately in Nehemiah chapter 4, Nehemiah went to God in prayer. Why? Because discouragement was creeping in. Perhaps you've also had a Tobiah moment. You try to do something and others ridiculed you. So is it, is it how to sink? Why today, Enoch didn't come to church. <laughs> and you are singing. Or even listen to his preaching. It's because pastor is not around. We have nobody. So let's, let's settle. <laughs> now these things, these things can pierce your soul. Can weaken you. And quietly you are making a resolution. Never again. You have sought to help people with all your heart. And then they turn around and they say, look. Look at even what you hear they say. Look at the gift she even gave me. She couldn't go and buy me a new set of shoe. Her husband's old shoe. That's what she's giving to me. But this was something really expensive. Your husband liked it. But he thought this guy might need it. But he says, no, you could have afforded a new one. And you are telling yourself, okay. We will see. As we are being discouraged, Paul is coming close. And he's whispering to our heart. He says, listen, stand firm. Let nothing move you. You gave, your name wasn't mentioned. You have not been recognized. And quietly, you are coming to a conclusion. Paul is saying, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Even sometimes in our homes, you know that you have to be loving, you have to be submissive, you are trying to do it, and appears your spouse doesn't see it, doesn't appreciate you for it. And you are saying, eh, okay. Don't we both go to work? We'll go and come, and we'll see what we'll eat. No. No. Paul says, let nothing move you. As you are seeking to give yourself fully to the work of God, to serve in the church and to bless the world, discouragement will come in. Paul knows it. That is the occupational hazard. So he says, stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Now, our third point, Paul gives a motivation. A motivation. Because. And please, you need to keep this in heart. Paul says, because. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Because, Paul, 
Why should I stand firm and let nothing move me? As I'm seeking to serve in the church, as I feel I'm not being recognized, people are ridiculing me. I'm not being appreciated. People are taking advantage of me in my home, in my community, all around me. Why should I stand firm? Why should I keep on doing the good I can? Paul says, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Anything you do for God, it is noticed by him and be rewarded by him. Nothing you do for God will ever be trashed. You see the parallel statement. Look at the proposition. It says, your labor in the, any labor in the Lord will never be a labor in vain. If it's in the Lord, it is never in vain. It is seen by God and it will be rewarded by God. What you do for God is never, ever, ever, never, never, ever wasted. This is the motivation Paul is bringing us. This is the reason he's telling us that, listen, let nothing move you from the work of God, from serving in the church and blessing the world. What you do for God is seen by him and will be rewarded by him. Nothing you do for God will ever be wasted. Nothing. Anything you do for God, God stamps on it. Not in vain. Anything. A cross-reference, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 says, For God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. God is not unjust. God is not unjust. To overlook your work. As you are seeking to serve in your community. As you are seeking to love people. As you are seeking to give to people. As you are seeking to bless people. To serve the church with your gifts. He says that God will not just pocket and walk by. Let, let him do what he can do. And God, no. God will never overlook anything. So now cast your mind back. Think of all that God has enabled you to do. All the good. This is what you can know on the basis of God's word. There's a stamp on it. Not in vain. It's not empty. 
It's not something that's going to be tossed to the, in, in, the, in the garbage. It's not something that's going to be neglected by God. God is not going to compare it to somebody else. No. Whatever you do in the Lord, it can never ever also be in vain. Mutually exclusive. In the Lord, never in vain. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Maybe we have another question for Paul. Paul, how can I really know that all that I've sought to do for God in serving in the church, giving my time, giving my resources, all that I'm trying to do in the world, how, how can I have this assurance that it will not be empty? The way Paul began, look at verse 58, the first word is what? Therefore. And when we study the scriptures, when we see therefore, we should ask ourselves, what is it therefore? Therefore points us back to what he has been saying about the resurrection of Jesus. Paul says that, listen, our preaching is not in vain because indeed, God raised Jesus from the dead. As God's raised, God raised Jesus from the dead, it also points to what is going to happen to us. When you die, you don't just rot in the ground. It is not going to be the end of your life if you believe in Jesus. You are going to be raised up with a new resurrected body. There's going to become a new life, a new heavens and a new earth. The resurrection of Jesus means that your faith is not an empty thing. Christianity is not an empty thing. There's going to become something new, something glorious, something beautiful, something wonderful, something everlasting. And now related to that, all that you do also as a Christian is not going to be buried in the ground. It's not going to be trashed. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead gives us the assurance. Anything that you do in him would also be rewarded. Will also be rewarded. That is why, despite all our legitimate pain and setbacks and abuses, Paul is still Paul's, Paul is not giving a room. Paul still says, Listen, let nothing, nothing, nothing move you. Because Jesus indeed raised, was raised from the dead. Our faith is not in vain. And your works would also not be in vain. Any sacrifice you have made for the Lord is not in vain. Why? Because indeed the one you follow died and came back to life. So, so, as we are entering into the missions week, there will be opportunities to serve. I don't know how the, perhaps the VBS, you thought you have not been recognized or something's in the past. Listen. Listen to God's word today. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Serve. Love your community. 
bless people. Do it because it's not in vain. So, go labor on. Spend and be spent. Thy joy to do the Father's will. It is the way the master went. Should not thy servant tread it still. Go labor on. Tis not for naught. Thy earthly loss is heavenly gain. Men heed thee, love thee, praise thee not. The master praises. What are men? The founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley, is quoted as saying, Do all the good you can. By all the means you can. In all the ways you can. In all the places you can. To all the people you can. As long as ever you can. And we will add from 1 Corinthians 15, 18. Why? Because it will never, ever be in vain. Shall we pray? We want to pray. Do you feel like you have been discouraged in some form, in some way? Something you used to do. Now, you see that quietly you are drawing back. Something you used to be enthusiastic about. Now, you are not too sure. As you open up your life unto others, you are not too sure. You are, you are becoming a bit too more cautious. Have you been discouraged by hurts in the past? People that you broke your back for have now broken your heart. Do you feel like you are, you are being moved? It seems you are not standing firm. You want to pray this morning and ask God for his help. That, oh God, please pour your grace upon my life. That I will stand firm and let nothing move me. Lord, I would approach life with the awareness that you see everything I do and you will, recognize, you will reward everything I do. Because Jesus was raised back to life. No effort of mine will stay in the ground. Will become dust. Will become worthless. Will become food for the worms. You want to pray and ask God for his help. Oh God. Oh God. Lord, enable me. Pour your grace upon me again. 
but I will give myself fully to your work. When people around are even saying that I'm foolish, that why don't you have time? You are always making time for these children. Are they your children? Nothing will move me, oh God. Sometimes you give, but when you lack, it appears you have nothing. And you want, you wish you could have turned back the hands of time and withheld a little for yourself. No, no. You are saying, God, help me that nothing will move me. That nothing will move me. That nothing will move me. I want to continue to give myself fully, fully, fully to your work. To do all the good I can. All the time I can. To all the people I can. In all the places I can. In all the means I have. As long as I can, oh God. Grant me your grace in the name of Jesus. Father, grant me your grace. Father, grant me your grace. Oh God, lift me up and let me stand on Canaan's stable land. Oh God, plant my feet. Oh God, plant my feet on higher grounds, Lord, that I will be firm. I will be unmovable. I will be unshakable. In the name of Jesus, knowing that you are not unjust, you are not unjust to overlook, to overlook, oh God, my labor of love shown to your people. You are not unjust. You are not unjust. Father, grant me grace. Oh God, oh God. When I feel weak, when I want to give up, when I think that perhaps I need a break, let others also continue. You say, oh God, I want to give myself fully. Fully. In the name of Jesus, fully. Lema subra fatalima shide kasalara shide nisanabas. Tebule a higher place that I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Shall we rise and sing? Lord, lift me up and let me stand. I Lift your heart unto the Lord and say, God, help me. God, help me. I'm pressing on. Lord, help me in the name of Jesus. That I will not draw back. I will not allow discouragement. Discouragement to dislodge me. I will not allow discouragement to dislodge me. Lord, I'll press on. I'll press on. I'm on People have been unkind. Lord, People have 
have said really nasty things. But Lord, I choose to look to you, not to people. Lord, lift Father, me grant me grace. And let me stand. I choose to turn my eyes unto you, O oh God. Faith on, on the fact that you are just.